0: this is after adult
1: after adult our little like in between seasons time Mm -hmm. so this is another minisode
0: she's not born again she's doing porn again (laughs) that's what it'll sound like but not the melody (laughs) that's what it'll almost sound like when we come back
1: it'll yeah
0: I've, i've listened to the song multiple times But when I hear that line for some reason, I think of it like, like, um, oh, like Malcolm in the middle, life is unfair, style. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Which is...
1: (laughs) I love that your brain is making up like a completely alternative version. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) I am. I'm making up an alternative version of our theme song.
1: (laughs) For now, though, it's, you know, the... The regular old theme song. My old garage band skills.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. Which have
1: been really played out by now and I'm sick of it, so I'm excited to have a new one. (laughs) Rachel, you want to tell everyone what we're talking about today? Even though it's like Uh, gonna be in the episode title, they won't be surprised. It's gonna be in
0: the episode title. We're gonna talk about, today, uh, we're gonna talk about Ron Jeremy and we're gonna talk about about the culture that allowed him to become this,
1: yeah, because you cannot enablers of porn, which has un- unfortunately been literally everybody in the industry. Like,
0: yeah, you genuinely brands. cannot talk about. I mean, you can't talk about fraud Jeremy without talking about and the and his arrest. And the multiple allegations against it, without talking about how a rape culture has really strengthened, yeah, his ability to do that. Who are you putting lipstick on for? I, it's again, it's a new lip
1: gloss that I got, and I haven't really tried it before, and I'm just okay. seeing how I was how like, it looks. we're not
0: really recording this on, we're not recording video.
1: Yeah, we can see each other, but this this platform does not save the video recording. And uh, you, y'all know if you listen to the podcast, we are audio only. This we don't do audio video.
0: media. Sorry,
1: <laughs> I didn't mean to call you out. I was I'm sorry. Like... You should have called me out. You just look up, and I'm and I'm fucking applying lip balm. Like it is lip balm. It's kind of a uh, it's. <clears throat> incredible jelly shot lip quencher. I got it from Sephora. Anyway, that's not important. Um,
0: You know what's crazy? In the before times we would be like going to karaoke at some point and I'd be like, Adrian can I borrow lip gloss because my lips would feel dry and Mm -hmm. you would let me use that and I would use it directly on my lips.
1: Yes you would. I mean, granted, when you weren't looking, I would still wipe it off afterward because I do that to everyone with everything. The only person I don't yeah. do that to is Colin, because
0: well, I mean, like you swap a lot more than that. Exactly. I know. Sorry. I it four <laughs> times. I mean, you can cut, you can cut all that out. If you want I can to leave.
1: I'm just... going to leave it in. Fuck it. Okay, It's, cool. it's a random aside. <laughs> um, so back to um, uh, the whole porn industry enabling Ron Jeremy and his abusive <laughs> bullshit for years.
0: Oh no! You were talking. Well,
1: yeah,
0: you you were you were talking. I was. No, that was I. That was really it. Um, mm. <laughs> it was just me introducing. The episode. Well, let's,
1: let's start with reviewing the current charges against Ron Jeremy. Um, he is being held currently on bail. Uh, so I'm just going to directly read a little snippet that I took from uh, the most recent CNN article about about him. Uh, so Ron Jeremy, 67, was charged with three counts each. Oh, you know what? Um, let me just go ahead and insert a trigger warning here. For any, I mean, if, if anyone's listening to this episode and Ron Jeremy's name is in the title, I think you can probably guess what it's about, we'll it, we'll um, but regardless...
0: We'll yeah it it'll in be in the, the show notes, notes along with links to anything that we reference today
1: right so since we are discussing ron jeremy and he has been charged with sexual assault and rape like this show is going to deal with discussing some details about that so if you are um too uncomfortable to listen please do not listen any further thank you all right so back to this clip from cnn Ron Jeremy, 67, was charged with three counts each of forcible rape and forcible penetration by a foreign object, and one count each of forcible oral copulation and sexual battery. On Friday, he pleaded not guilty to the charges, according to a tweet from District Attorney Jackie Lacey. He remains in custody and is being held on $6.6 million bail. Um, Also, if he were found guilty on all of the charges, he would be facing... Uh, as much as a ninety-year prison sentence, so for a sixty-seven-year-old, that is as good as a life sentence. Uh, so that's that's the basics on what he's charged with, um, and in. So yeah, he he was in court for. I guess I, I'm so bad with legal terms, but is that an arraignment? Uh, yes. On Friday, it's, this past Friday, which would have been. Uh,
0: yeah, it's where where they set. Bail or determine if someone is qualified for a bail. Yeah, so that was on um, Friday, June 26th
1: that they set that bail amount. Um, And also there's an article that was posted by... um, i got to find it again. Uh, I believe it was... Yeah, AVN News posted an article today, actually, um, this morning reporting, like, the reasons why Ron Jeremy and his lawyer are contesting the amount of bail, because he has not been able to make bail yet, um, which was intentional. They identified that he was a, a flight risk. And also, given the fact that he has so many allegations, there are, like, I think in total, there are over 25 women who have publicly told stories about him Raping or sexually assaulting them in some manner.
0: And it's probably more than that, because...
1: Oh, God, yeah. Well, he assaulted me, like, <laughs> you know.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Uh, Okay, you want... Should I tell that story? I mean,
0: if you want to. I mean, you don't I'm, have to. I'm comfortable to telling
1: don't... it. Okay. It is... It's a classic Ron Jeremy story. Like it is literally what he's done to just about everyone in the porn industry that he's come within like arms length of. So Okay,
0: then not to steal your thunder. Can I did so that he just he reached into your shirt or your bra depending on where you were and tweaked your nipple. And then No, he was your... it was
1: it was wor- it was more than that.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, cuz that's what I saw. That's what I've been reading a lot of accounts of. I mean, just yeah. a lot of groping and and him, but sorry. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, it was uh back in twenty twenty thirteen or so when I used to go to porn star karaoke all the time, when I was living in L A. And uh, I was Ron Jeremy was there that night, and I'd met him before and like seen him, and like he had done when he released his rum because he had his own like branded rum, he had invited mm-hmm. me or like not him directly, but like his fucking PR his person people. or whatever. Yeah, had invited a bunch of um, young women in porn to this, like, release party for his rum. So, like, I'd met him before. I'd been in his proximity. I'd talked to him. Like, it, it's not like he was a friend. It was just like I would interact when I see someone in public who's in my industry kind of thing. And uh, so I was outside in the parking lot, um, which is where people would always go hang out in the parking lot at Pornstar Karaoke because it was a very small dive bar and, like, people would go outside and, like, smoke or whatever, talk to get away from the noise. So I was outside talking to some other friends that I knew from karaoke. Ron Jeremy had been there that night. He came out of the parking lot, and he was like, oh, I want to show you something. And my dumbass was like, cool, sure, cool, this is Ron Jeremy. Like, well, I wonder what he's going to show Like, I had no idea. Well, he, he asked me to close my eyes, and then I put out my hand, and he put his penis in my hand, and then tried to tried to, this is also in front of my ex, he tried to turn me around and fuck me. Like, in, yeah, without any, like, discussion. Like, and I, like, felt it, like, and I was like, nope, nope, no Like, <laughs> like I got instantly jumpy and I was like, what the fuck is this dude doing? Like, but that is exactly what he, like, if you look at all the stories women have come out with, it's the same fucking thing over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, no, actually
1: He just assumes he can do whatever he wants.
0: So Cat Black, she's a YouTuber and educator. Um she posted her own experience and he put his hand or he he put her sorry he put her hand on his penis. Mm-hmm.
1: He doesn't it like it's a trick because he, he can no, he apparently he can instantly make his penis hard. He and he literally thinks it's said, a funny party Do you want
0: to see a magic trick?
1: Right. And then he That's said, That's literally Try exactly go down. the thing.
0: Yeah. Because he's had the surgery that, like, when you have erectile dysfunction, the thing that, like, it's a little balloon that can. And then he tried to finger her, but she's trans, and so. She was like, I don't have a the vagina. And he, and so he just felt her and was feeling her genitalia. And he was like, no, but this is like, this is in like naming the parts that he thought it was. And like, he what? also groped her. Yeah. Um, I sent you the link for the video.
1: Yeah. I haven't watched it cause I know that we um, were, but, and ugh.
0: But, like, it's so crazy. What's crazy, and she, like, reiterates this in the video, is that, one, she is already a... She's already bit... She's already, like, a survivor of sexual assault. Yeah. And because of how she moves in society, like, she's used to people grabbing her and t- without permission yeah. so she just like laughed it off but yeah. that's what I did yeah
1: but it's and like I, I didn't not only did I laugh it off like I never I truly was like it's Ron Jeremy he's like a weird old dude like mm-hmm. I'm sure he does this shit all the time like it it was yeah. almost like a nuisance and I'm not trying to downplay it because you know I've i have been a victim of sexual assault before and it it's because culturally Ron Jeremy is who he is and and also just because he's a celebrity in general like he has that level of power to kind of like do whatever he wants uh for this many years he's been doing it with impunity you know
0: yeah and even like
1: people who are victims like in my case I was just like <laughs> ugh I was like annoyed it it was more like a nuisance like I didn't even come out of it necessarily feeling deeply violated, which you know, and I'm not saying that to downplay any like obviously everyone's gonna have their own fucking response to it, but for me, I was like I was like, this silly, annoying guy, like, what the fuck are you doing kind of yeah thing. she
0: she brought up the fact that because he is like because of who he not necessarily in the way but just in the way that like like he's older like mm-hmm. he's very familiar to people even if they don't know him because of mm-hmm. porn because yeah. he's done like a lot of reality t- tv he was on this real life that's actually how she knew him yeah and so like he's not necessarily just this two-dimensional character of like the hedgehog which mm-hmm. is his nickname He's, see, he's like, he's like your funny old uncle who says raunchy things at Thanksgiving. Yeah, he's but
1: like been characterized as a as a harmless jokester.
0: And I think it's partially the way that he also comes. So one of the things, so he's had two documentaries. One is um, porn star, the legend of Brown Jeremy, that came out in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. And one was Ron Jeremy life after the buffet um, porn start was about like him becoming like the everyday man of porn and like it has interviews with like his family and friends um and you can only get it on DVD or VHS on Amazon you can't live <laughs> you can't stream it anywhere because it's 2001 that's, um, that's funny. But then there's also, but Life After the Buffet is about how in 2013, like, he was having chest pain, and he went to the hospital, and it turned out, like, he was experiencing an aortic dissection. hmm I don't know if that's the correct term, But he was experiencing a heart, and then he had to immediately go into surgery. So, from the trailer I watched, because this is, it was, like, 4.99 on Vimeo, And after watching the trailer, I was like, I don't actually think he, they go, they talk much about porn. I think this is basically, like, what happens after a near-death experience. Yeah. And that's,
1: that time, that was, like, probably would have been very shortly uh, no, after. Yeah, it would have been after the thing where I met him in the... Where, I mean, let me just say, where he assaulted me in the parking lot. (laughs) It would have, I think that it was shortly after that, that he had the heart attack. Yeah. Because I remember being super annoyed with my ex because my ex uh, was, like, very, he always prodded me to be more of a social climber in the porn industry. And so I remember my ex, like... Because I had Ron Jeremy's phone number, right? I still have it mm-hmm. saved in my phone. Right now, I should fucking delete it. But <laughs> um, I just remember my ex being like, "Oh, you you should text him and like tell him, like wish him well, like get well soon." And I just was like, "You can text him if you want. I'm not gonna text him. Like he he's gross. He assaulted me in a parking lot like, while you watched. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you fucked. And watch. like, <laughs> and it's so, it's so, so, so it's just." I don't know. It's the whole thing is so gross. I mean but like that's the way he presents. Like he even he even did like a guest spot on Hoarded Buried Alive because which is the T L C version of Hoarders. Okay. <laughs> um I didn't realize there were hoarding like, yeah hoarding buried like alive and like the
1: poor man's version of hoarders okay
0: well yeah because he because like one of his friends who he knew for a few years was like being featured on it so he okay he went on it i think i i don't know if i sent you that one i don't really but it i was don't remember just like, getting that one no i mean i'll i'll send it to you i'll it but it's like so the image that he's cultivated is harmless. One of the, I watched, um, I watched a video of him doing a XL comedy tour and Q&A in 2018. Um, I didn't send you that one either. I'll have to send okay. it to you after this. Um, but his opening bit, and it's not the first time I saw this when I was trying to look up other videos of him, and it's like, he's, is that he's living proof that anyone can get laid. Yeah. Like,
1: the it's everyman. It's the image that
0: he, yeah, it's the image that he cultivates for himself, which is, and it's so, it's not funny. It's just so interesting to me because, like, I listened to um, Erica Lust did a really good, uh, not an interview. Um, she was on um, Nicole Byers' podcast, Why Won't You mm. Date Me? yeah and she was talking about like one of her series is people can like submit fantasies and then like she'll create and like if they inspire her she'll create a short film yeah um erica lust erica lust yeah yes (laughs) not (laughs) erica lust will create a short film if it's like something that catches her eye But Mm -hmm. they discussed how there was like a need for a diversity of not just like, not just in race, but of like body image Mm -hmm. and how even men, like even cis straight men who are like fed that they should want just like this very basic show of um, sexuality, yeah, want to see something that is closer to what it's actually what actually having sex is like
1: yeah they and what want more actual genuine... people
0: look like they want yeah they want more genuine things so yeah. i think that's actually why ron jeremy got bit not because of his giant schlong
1: right well those because, are a dime a dozen in porn
0: yeah <laughs> it's not hard that. to find a person I with don't... a big dick I don't actually know how big his dig it, but, like, everyone... In it's like 10 inches. Dick. We
1: accidentally got disconnected, so Rachel okay. got interrupted.
0: I was talking about how how cis men want... We, they want something shown with more genuine connection. And I think that's... And not because of his giant dick. I think that's actually why he blew up the way he did. Yeah. Was because that is like the closest to like oh not like a real man in like the manly sense but like right. a more realistic man yeah necessary than like
1: yeah he's he's always been heftier he's not incredibly tall, like I think he's like five five eight or something like that, so he's a little bit yeah his nickname and is
0: the hedgehog because he's mm. hairy, large, and small,
1: yeah <laughs> uh,
0: uh. which
1: you know, and, and again, all of that just feeds more into the like ah he's he's harmless, like they gave him a cute animal nickname like.
0: Yeah. I mean, his comedy show was, his comedy was not good. He did not have a, he did not have a tight five. <laughs> um, uh, he didn't have a tight set. It was more like he just bounced around. Um, at one point he had a really transphobic joke about San Francisco cheerleaders. Um, it was, you know why San Francisco cheerleaders don't wear dresses? Because their balls would hang out. What? um What? And then, I know. Um, but the thing that I thought was interesting in watching this XL comedy special was that even his own view of the porn industry is a view that I think the porn industry is trying to distance themselves from. Yeah. So, like, one of the things he talks about is like, like I said, it's there's the, it's all over the place, but one of the things he talks about is like, he breaks down like how much a motorcycle, I guess there was like a motorcycle off screen cause he was pointing to it. Okay. I genuinely don't know because he like started introducing prop comedy in the middle of it, but unsuccessfully. Um, so like he, like he was talking about how there's no foreplay in porn and then he was like breaking down what different types of foreplay were. And one of them was like, he was going through a bag and he was trying to, he was like, I was going to have soap and I was going to pull out soap and I was going to be, that's prison floor play. It's like, oh no. So like, mm. but he talks about how much a motorcycle costs by like sex act. He's like, he's like this much, this many, like the jobs. So it's like, this is how many like. Okay. Okay anal shots I had to do, this is how many, blah, blah, blah. And then he talks about Jenna sheamus fur coat. I guess she has a lot of fur coats. And how people are like, how many animals did you kill? And he's like, no, how many guys did she have to fuck? Like, she worked hard for it. Okay. But I think it... Oh, he also implies that, like, porn stars don't take off for the holidays. Because he was, like, he was talking about how he was like, "Yeah, you can't just cancel the DP scene for even though it's on Easter." And I was like, "No, I'm pretty sure people important like take off for major for major holidays if they celebrate them."
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's yeah. just a grab bag. I would say that typically crews don't want to shoot on a major holiday because the, yeah. they have family members. Like, I I know a lot of performers who would be happy to shoot on a holiday and have like, shot on Christmas or whatever. Um, especially if they're, like, estranged from their family and right. spending that time with family isn't as big of a deal. But even then, like, it's not, like, I don't know. That's just, that's just a weird joke. <laughs> and it's not Yeah,
0: <laughs> like I said, it was not a good comedy set. Um, actually, the funniest thing about it was when he said, it was, like, very Jerry Seinfeld, but, again, if Jerry Seinfeld was, like bad and yeah but he was like you know how you can't you notice how you can't say dick you can only like it's better if you say dicks and this woman calls out like he was like someone's someone, someone tried in the audience he was looking for a woman right. and she was like this woman calls out i like multiple dicks oh my god and i was like That's the funniest thing that's happened this whole time. And it's not actually thrown off. Yeah, (laughs) and has nothing to do, nothing to do with him. But like, it just it. It's like he just it. The whole thing really fed into this idea of like that. People who work in porn and porn stars are like these depraved sexual deviants. Right. When. I mean, sure, there's a little bit of sexual deviancy, but technically deviancy is like when you're describing a deviant, it's anything that is outside of what is considered societal norm. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, or against societal rules. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a difference between a
1: deviancy and being a predator. (laughs) yeah right. and I would classify him as uh, not only a deviant, which I would also classify myself as, but mm-hmm. he is a deviant and a predator.
0: So what happens in the porn industry when someone like Ron Jeremy is arrested or out? Because there was yeah. also uh, like James Dean. A few years ago, yeah, and I mean I don't well, and then the and and really the only reason I like we've heard about Ron Jeremy or like James Dean is because they've both wheedled their way into mainstream. Like James Dean did that really weird movie with Lindsay Lohan, and Lindsay Lohan is in the mainstream. So, so I don't. So I can't say like I know of when this has happened in other times this is what I'm Yeah.
1: Saying. The other the other big um male performer to get called out, uh in because, I mean, honestly porn's been having a second Me Too era, but the other big male performer, uh, who's been uh had a lot of allegations um coming out is Ryan Madison, who is famous for being one half of the couple the porn couple that produces content for like kellymadison.com um which is i shot for that website so i've i shot with both of them um and that was years ago and uh i didn't have an experience that was like the claims that i've seen but i also think that like he i i hold, i completely believe him um, but just to get back on topic to the Ron Jeremy thing, like, yeah, um, it's, so one thing I guess that is sort of interesting is that everyone in the porn industry now with Ron Jeremy actually being arrested and charged is like, okay, we are not surprised at all because he essentially was ousted from the industry a couple of years ago, um, yeah, He's banned from he appearing wasn't... at the AVN convention. He's mm-hmm. not allowed in, uh, because there were too there were so many, you know. Well, I almost said actually, because there were too he, many, but he actually One assaulted
0: someone many. at AVN. Hmm. Well, like, I mean, it, it is... was, and it was like a fan, and she. I only know this because there's another really good video. It came out in 2017, right? By Ginger Banks,
1: which is also um, interesting because essentially AVN is saying, oh, all because. Ginger Lynn, uh, accused him of assault in the 80s. Like, Julia Ann has accused him of assault. Um, he has been outed for sexually assaulting many women in porn over the years, and no one has ever given a shit or believed anyone, but when he assaults a fan, a non-porn performer, then AVN takes it seriously enough to ban him from attending the convention. So clearly there's a priority of, like, who we believe.
0: What he did, it was a couple that came up to him for an autograph, and he went under her shirt, and or he went, he somehow grabbed her breath and then pulled it out and signed it, and right. she hadn't, like, asked for any of that. She wasn't like, here, sign my tits. Like. Right. So, and then, like, with Ginger Lynn, he was like, we're friends. How can you rape a friend when most yeah. sexual assaults are not strangers? I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but like, why? But a large percentage of assaults yeah. are done by people who you know or people you are close to.
1: Mm-hmm. And that is also something that, it, in my experience, it seems that a lot of uh, men of the Boomer generation and women also don't understand. Like, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah, so he's banned from ABN, but, but like how? But I guess what? How does the? And maybe this is more like how has porn dealt internally with the Me Too movement. Because, like, a lot of the things that people say about this is, like, like, well, it's Ron Jeremy, what did you expect? Or it's, like, she's in porn, or she's a sex worker. Like, she, you know, it's it's used as an excuse for as if you deserved it because you're willing to use your, cause you're, cause you use your body and your sexuality to make money. Right. Um,
1: yeah. Kind of the stock responses to a porn, a woman in porn, um, saying that she was assaulted by someone are, uh, well, look at what you do for a living. What did you expect? Or it's, like, um, one thing I've actually seen Ginger Banks on Twitter getting a lot is, like, well, if, you know, so you're saying you were assaulted, but didn't you get paid for that scene? <laughs> and so I've seen her uh, m- many on many occasions being, like, okay, so how, like, it, yeah, I got paid for the scene because it was my job to do that that day, and I still was there, and I still, like, Filmed the thing I was being paid to film, but so now you think because I was assaulted on set that day that I shouldn't get paid for the work I did that is still being sold by the production company? Like, ugh, so there's
0: yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just about, that people
1: do not understand the business of porn and how it works, and and people have a hard time. That's why like, I meant
0: like, that's why I meant more like how does the industry handle it internally? Because people, yeah, because people who are in the industry do know. Do you know how it works? Like, you know, that there are discussions, that there are yes lists, that there are no lists, that, you know, because you actually do have to produce content at some point, you have to kind of have an idea of what you're going to be doing in a scene because you have to frame it. Yeah. Like, there's still... Tech- like...
1: So, a lot of the allegations that are floating around now, because um, the two... Some of the biggest ones recently uh, outside of Ron Jeremy because that's sort of I, I mean it's what's going on with Ron Jeremy is sort of a separate issue from like the Me Too that's been happening like in, in mm-hmm. the porn Twitter world because um, that's been more focused on um, so allegations uh, of that Ginger Banks and Jenny Bly have made against Manuel Ferrara who is a super super successful male porn star um and then uh, the ryan madison stuff that i just mentioned and so what's interesting is seeing the industry unfold and essentially like split down the middle so you have a lot of women in porn who are like well i believe manuel i don't think he did anything wrong um but then the two because women they have,
0: like Because they had like a good experience shooting with him.
1: Right. And it's like, well, I've also shot a scene with Manuel and he did not assault me on set that day. But that doesn't mean I don't believe what someone is saying was their experience, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. it's honestly, a lot of it is interesting to discuss because it gets down into the discussion of like, consent and that in porn in a porn scene there is such a thing as ongoing consent even though you know we discuss if if we're doing our jobs right we are discussing boundaries and comfort level with certain sex acts before a camera's ever switched on but i know that i've shot plenty of scenes where i have not in detail gone over boundaries with my co-star um for many reasons maybe because i'd worked with them a handful of times already and i felt like you know, I didn't need that level of detail. Maybe it was supposed to be such a vanilla scene that I felt like no one's going he's not gonna like try to put a finger in my butt because this is not that type of scene. You know, it's supposed to be like a romantic couples scene, like so I've been guilty of making assumptions about the way a scene's gonna go without discussing boundaries ahead of time. But but, I would, but even I would it, even if that that's year... the case, you know, that's still not permission for someone to do something I don't want in a scene and then when i like either clearly verbally or non-verbally communicate i don't want this you know or call cut and say hey you're doing a thing that i don't want you to do and then we start filming if they do it again like that is such a clear violation of boundaries and consent and that's the kind of thing that
0: yeah i mean i would argue it but actually those times when you didn't have those conversations it wasn't up to you to facilitate to make sure they were facilitated it was up to the director or, like, that's a another head discussion that's on set. yeah they're, they're the ones who act because they're the ones who have more power
1: yeah well and I will say um, it is it would be unusual for a director to most directors that I've worked with are so hands off when it comes to the talents direct interaction with each other like not only do they not open the door to begin a conversation about um, consent and boundaries like. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been on a set where a director did that, um, and I'm including directors that I love and respect, and I know are ethical um, in that.
0: Do you think that's gonna change now that um, you know? Because you're you're hoping to go back to work. Yeah. Um, Suit so, like, and by work I mean like you're hoping to resume doing. Paid shoots because you. Yeah. Because you. Which means travel. Your own stuff. Yeah. Which yeah. Because you produce your own stuff. Mm-hmm. But do you think that's going to change. Now that there's been such a long period of time. Like almost a quarter of the year. Where people who were producing. Had to produce their own stuff. And therefore were their own bosses.
1: Yeah. And that's. Yeah. I think. Because of that, but also just because of some of these really big names, like specifically Manuel, um, being called out, uh, there's also been a fair amount of talk about a male performer named Marcus Dupree, who is a contract star with Brazzers, um, and so with some of these really, like, famous performers, these successful male performers having allegations out, it- I think it's going to, I mean, my hope is that the big studios who are hiring performers take allegations seriously and, you know, do more to protect performers on set and make sure that people are having their boundaries respected. But on the other hand, like, I don't see, you know, everything that people have said about Marcus Dupree is being treated as nothing more than rumor. Um, the allegations against Manuel, like, so what's interesting is that Manuel and not, not Ginger Banks, uh, in the scene that she, so it was Ginger Banks and Jenny Bly were in a scene together with Manuel and they both have said that they were abused in that scene. Uh, Jenny Bly was like basically choked unconscious during the scene and, uh, yeah. And um, he continued to have sex with her. Yeah. So... And it's on film, like, right? You can go find a video and watch it. I have not watched the video. That is a, that's a little too much for me to handle. Um, also, but it's I clear don't... from descriptions of it that, like, you know, it's kind of obvious that she's uh, not all there, you know?
0: Also, it, I would hate for someone to make any sort of money off of that. Like, even if it's just, like, click revenue, like, ad click revenue or whatever. I believe
1: the scene has been pulled by now. Like, I think any videos you can find of it are because Jenny herself has tweeted videos to say, like, look at what is happening in this scene, like, um, just to draw attention to it. But, but that being said, that's where you have, like, a lot of really big names, men and women in porn coming out and saying, like, well, I, I believe Manuel, I support him. Um, at one point last month, Manuel and the director from that scene, um who works for Evil Angel, and then Jenny Bly released, like, a joint statement. Essentially saying, like, we have talked about this together. Like, we, I don't remember exactly everything it said. Essentially, it was just, like, you know, we all agree that, like, this has gone really far into personally attacking each other, and, like, we're all sorry. Essentially, it was, like, it seemed kind of like a positive thing. Um, because it seemed like Manuel admitting that he didn't understand the extent to which he had hurt Jenny that day, you know, and that it wasn't e- something that they ever discussed with each other until now, years later. So they put out this joint statement, but then after that, Jenny, I saw Jenny tweet that, like, Manuel kind of, like, subtweeted her, like, another performer said something about, like, oh, all these girls with their allegations, like, making, making shit up, and then Manuel Ferrara was like, "Ha, yeah. Like, so it seemed like maybe he was a little bit um, yeah, disingenuous that with that joint statement. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, it, there's been a lot of, like, just with that whole Jenny Bly Manuel thing, there's been a lot of, like, Just people just hating on each other on Twitter. It's, it's like,
0: It reminds me of what we were talking about with Rod. Like, he, like, he basically did one comedic video featuring an animal, and he couldn't work again, but someone... Yeah,
1: the episode of Rod Jackson. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, like, someone, like, well, someone, like... Ron Jeremy, someone like, right. you know, James Dean. All these people could continue to work after yeah. assaulting And
1: I still women. see a ton of women in porn, like newer women who, I'm sorry, like there's no way that you come into this entry and you don't, and that you haven't heard about the, all the stuff with James Dean and the allegations against him um, and the story that Stoya told. Like, I don't think there's any way you can be... Uh, talent in the industry and not have heard those things, yet I still see a lot of women in porn voluntarily shooting, like, they'll shoot content with James Dean, and they put the scenes up on, like, their OnlyFans, and (sighs) the thing that annoys me about it is, like, first of all, there are tons of male performers out there who are fantastic. Second of all, like, it's not that hard to find good dick. Why are we going out of our way to give our time and attention to someone who has For me, personally, like, allegations are enough. You know, I believe women. As someone who has been sexually assaulted, nobody wants to fucking go public, especially against someone who's as powerful in the industry as, like, Manuel or James Dean. There is nothing to gain by making up a story and saying, oh, he assaulted or raped me when it it didn't happen, you know? Obviously, like, although false allegations happen, they're proven in, like, every context to be so fucking rare that, like, that's always my problem when someone immediately is like, well, what if it's, what if about false allegations? I'm like, okay, yeah, what about them? That Like, that exists, but it is so fucking rare. And also, I'm not necessarily saying, like, in, in, like, the case of James Dean, I'm not... Because another argument that people always have is, like, well, innocent until proven guilty. Like, yes, I'm not talking about arresting anyone. I'm talking about literally... a, a for-profit industry where, like, if someone has multiple women saying he abused me or otherwise, like, any form of unwanted sexual contact in an industry that needs consent to be a priority, like... Do we want that person as a part of our industry? I'm not talking about, like, getting, taking legal action at this point. Um, and that's a whole other conversation, which is, like, it's very annoying as a sex worker to hear fans or onlookers or just anyone be like, well, you know, if, if these were serious claims, then she would have gone to the police. Like, no. Do you not understand that, like, most sexual assault or rape cases are never prosecuted and when the woman who is victimized is a sex worker, there's almost, like, a guarantee that it won't be.
0: Yeah, especially so. because of, like, the CSI effect, which is basically, like, because of shows like CSI and stuff, so people expect, uh, you know, they expect actual... uh not, not qualitative data. They expect to actually have, like, oh, well, we found his pubic hair in her rib, Like, right. stuff like that. Right. But...
1: Or, like, oh, well, if like, she was raped, then they would have found uh, signs of forcible rape on her body. Like, that's not...
0: That's not... Yeah, That's so, not
1: literally how it works most of the time.
0: <laughs> and also because, like, a lot of... I mean, I mean you saw with, like, Brock Turner, like... Sexual assault is just not taken as, ser- as seriously when it's a, a male, or just, I mean, what? anyone. I'm not going to limit it to men, because there are women, too, who buy into rape culture. Like, right. Who, they feel like the person who was assaulted didn't do enough to stop the assault. Right. That's something someone well, like Brock Turner gets, like, three months
1: Well, and also, especially in the Brock Turner case, as well as in, like, the Ron Jeremy case, you're also bringing in other intersections of privilege. So, like, white privilege, that's at play. Um, Economic privilege is at play, especially... So, Brock Turner came from a wealthy family. Um, Ron Jeremy, he's a celebrity, you know. Even if he doesn't have enough money to post $6.6 million bail, like, he's still a celebrity who most... Average Americans can, would assume he can has. He survive off of a, his
0: social capital.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, so like you have all these other intersections of privilege that are keeping abusers enabled.
0: Fio- uh, because there are be- other
1: ways that they have power over their victims.
0: Yeah. Fiona Apple released a new album. This is not just like some weird. <laughs> you're just, ran- you're like, and now like, for it. A- <laughs> yeah. Now for a um, musical recommendation. uh, Fetch the bull cutters, but she has a song in it where, like, there was a really good inter, not really good interview, but basically, she did a whole thing, like being like, "This is what every single song song means." So there's a song on it on the album called "For Her." She says, "For Her" was a very difficult one to get done because it went through so many changes. It contains so many stories that are not even mine. It's partially inspired by conversations I had with this woman I knew years ago. When she had been an intern for a film production company, and she gave me permission to write a song about this. It's really a song for her to, in a roundabout way, tell her a story that she's not able to tell. So, and the song is basically going into... It basically talks about how this man... Who's in power is raping and abusing this woman. Yeah. And how we and how like people you know, decide to ignore it. And in the song yeah. she actually the there's a line It's Good morning, good morning, you raped me in the bed that your daughter was born in. <gasps> And so oh and she and so That's she said, painful. "Oh, it's it's very visceral when you hear it. Um, but she talks about how she was like not even sure it was going to be in the song. It's a very hard thing for it. She's a rape survivor,
1: yeah,
0: it's very hard to say, um, and it's a clunk but she said, "I also feel it'll be important to the people it matters to. yeah, like, it's just it's important, yeah." so that's so
1: i love fiona apple by the way I, that she was I one talk, of the very first cds i ever bought <laughs> when i was growing i could up.
0: talk all day about fetch the bolt cutters um the the podcast still processing did a whole podcast episode about it it's very good um yeah my good friends, Jenny and Wes, as I like to think of them. <laughs> These people I've never met, but love mm-hmm. listening to. That's how to. I am
1: with all the podcast hosts that I listen to.
0: But they did, a whole ep- yeah, they did a whole episode about it. But, like, it's... I mean, go listen to it if you haven't. But, you know, I feel like that song... Like she said, it's not just about this person's experience, it's not just about her experience. The song feels like a whole process about the Me Too movement and how people just, and people just ignored these women. Yeah. For so long, because they were caught up in like the flash of this man. And all the power and yeah.
1: Yeah, that sounds so, familiar for sure.
0: Yeah, and so people don't... And people don't think about porn that way because there's already so much sex involved, but, like, it's true. Right. There's power. Your ex was, like, telling you to send a text to the man right. who... Yeah.
1: Well, I also did never who, tell my ex how uncomfortable I was at in, in the parking lot with Ron Jeremy. Like, you know, anyone who was there f- saw me laugh it off...
0: But that shouldn't...
1: Well, that's... No, I'm saying that as a point of, like, my ex is a shitty person and I was uncomfortable talking to him about any of my true feelings. Oh,
0: okay. (laughs) Because he himself
1: was a predator and an abuser. Yeah. So,
0: you know, our response in society, in our society, for so long has been we need to protect these men. Like, it's not just, and it's not just in rape. It's like, we need to protect people um, like white-collar criminals who are, like, we need to protect like, I'm really really taking a, a leap here, but like, we need to protect banks, which are mostly run by men. We need to protect these industries and these societal pillars that are mostly it, but we don't. We don't need to protect them because there are people who will fill those places that actually will give a shit about you.
1: Right. Well, I mean, look, if we're if we're expanding it out this far, then we could also include uh police police unions in that statement yeah. because
0: Oh, 100%. Police
1: it's... police and police unions do more protecting of their own than yeah. they ever have done for the public.
0: No, it's <laughs> It's, you know, it's police unions, it's your politicians, it's people in power who are far more concerned with the power they hold and how they can use it over people than using that power to actually help build a community. Yeah. And, like, you can put that all back to, like, American individualism.
1: Which is just, it's like... I don't know how anyone paying attention to the news lately could not have a criticism about Americans, you know, ridiculous form of individualism. It's it's like individual, in. oh my God, why is that word hard? Individualism at the expense of everything, essentially. It's just, it's yeah. pure selfishness and greed. And it's hard to be reminded of, on a daily fucking basis, but I'm glad that we are right now in this point in time because it reminds us that we can't keep accepting shit and being complacent. Yeah. So that's everything that we have to say about Ron Jeremy.
0: (laughs) Which, I, you know what, I'm going to be real meta for a second. I think it's way more telling that we spoke a lot less about Ron Jeremy, it talked more about the culture that helped create him and women's experiences. And that's how it should really always be Mm -hmm. less about the abuser, more about the abused, and how to make sure that doesn't happen again.
1: Yeah. I think this is a good place to leave it. This is a little bit of a serious note, but that's fine because we can do that.
0: We can. Right? We're allowed to do that. Yeah. We can keep on being serious. Again, in our show notes, we'll also put some links to Louisville local organizations. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Charles Booker didn't win, and I'm real sad about it still.
0: Charles Booker didn't win, but his inspirational... But his posts every day that are only in the mornings... On social media, his,
1: his inspirational morning tweets still get his, me.
0: They've been very nice.
1: They are. They're lovely. I cried.
0: But like, but
1: what if Charles L- Booker f- listens to our podcast someday? I don't think, listen to I don't it. think he will
0: either. I. And <laughs> you know, this Louisville has been hit really hard. This past, I mean, it's been a really awful. Um, yeah.
1: We had another... A,
0: a local man was <sighs> shot, Tyler Girth. He's a year younger than me. That's not to try to make it about me. I'm sorry. It's just more like he was 27 and he That's just there. really young.
1: Yeah. I mean, really it's, again, it's um, fucked up no matter what the person's age is. But I know when I see news like that and I... In yeah. my head, it takes a different form, kind of. And he know. was... So I get what yeah, you Yeah.
0: And he was... He was there... Because he was a photographer and he felt it was really important to be there to not only support but to document. Um, another young man was shot a block away from where most of the protest sites have been going on today. Um, there has not been a ton of information about it. I just, and all this week, basically since this weekend, um, people who have been doing live streams, um, Jason Downey. Maxwell Maxwell Mitchell Milky Mess, um, uh, uh, Riot Heart. I'm only saying these people so that you can go check them out if you want to. Um, us kind of see what's happening on the ground. They've been targeted by LMPD. Uh, Jason Downey posted something on Facebook. He's been he's been live streaming a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're not in Louisville, you don't know him, and that's. That's okay, but now you can and you can watch his live streams, but he posted that he got arrested this week, and there was another person live streaming who saw the police tackle him off the sidewalk into a porta potty, and when he went to get booked, the booking officer was like, I knew you were coming because we were watching the live stream, so oh the live God. streamers have been targeted. Um, uh, what I'm saying is we're going to post some places that you can donate, and, you know, someone emailed and was like, I'm happy to send some money that way, but, like, is there a way that I can still send money to you? And Adrian and I both just feel this way. You know, there are ways to support our, like, an OnlyFans, be your OnlyFans person, you can send it, but seriously, any money that you would want to give us for this podcast, please just send to an organization that is doing... Good work. Um. Yeah. I will reiterate that
1: as well. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had a thought about expanding on that some more, but nah. I mean, if anyone, if you're a fan of, of me and my adult. Uh, film work, then you already know where to find me and where to find my OnlyFans, etc. If you are subscribed to any of those things, like, you know, I I am funding this podcast. So, I mean, if you are supporting my film career, then it, it, you are indirectly supporting this podcast. So you can consider yourself a podcast supporter there. Um, but this is why we talked about it in the last Minnesota that we're retiring the Patreon because we want to be able to focus... Um, completely yeah. on on content for the podcast, so I appreciate that some of you guys w- want to like send money directly to the podcast or whatever but it's it's not necessary if you have an extra ten fifteen bucks three bucks i don 't care what two dollars um yeah, please consider sending it to some of these local organizations that we 're going to put in our show notes,
0: yeah, or you know what if you want it to be more podcast send it to cat black in the email that we are in, in the link that we're going to post there she has her venmo in her own notes send her there we go some dollars because she was brave and told her story and we referenced it a lot yeah <laughs> i'm going to send yeah. her some dollars like yeah. just <laughs> just you know that's all that's all uh, we'll um, be back at some point. I don't know what we're talking about now. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Do we know if we're going to do another Minnesota before August? I don't know. I guess we'll we figure it out. We could do
0: the out. Minnesota that, that, um, that Jude was talking about.
1: <laughs> let's do that. Ooh, okay, okay that'll be but a fun let's one. Not, That's but a let's secret. Not, we're not going to tell them what it is. Let's not say
0: anything else. Okay.
1: Uh, So you can officially look forward to one more fun little Minnesota uh, before we officially begin our, our next season with our new theme song to jam out to. (laughs) Um,
0: Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, This has been after. After Um, You can find us on all the socials. You can listen to us wherever you can get your podcasts. Uh, um, We're at after. At After Adult on most social media things. You mm-hmm. can email us at afteradultblog@gmail.com.
1: Blog at, blog gmail at gmail.com.
0: Uh, Afteradultblog little... at gmail.com. You can email me personally at therealrachel at protonmail.com if you want.
1: Yeah. Oh, and uh, we don't have a question to read for this episode here. But if you want to call and leave us a voicemail to ask us a question or um a comment for a future episode our google voice number is 818-457-6535 so you can let us hear your purty little voice and call us at that number <laughs> Alrighty. until next time until next
0: time I... I like that we're both waving in an audio medium <laughs>